Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today. Happy New Year. Oh my God. We have catapulted into a new year that is not 2020. 2020. Yeah, jinx. Yeah, I I hope everyone had a lovely New Year. I hope everyone screamed into the void until 2021, just like I did. I hope everybody was able to connect with their family Zoom. Sure. There was no complications. Yeah. And that they didn't last too long. Yeah. Because nothing is worse than like when nobody knows when to end the Zoom sure. call. Yeah, when everyone's just like awkwardly silent. <laughs> just kind of like. <laughs> okay, like, all so, staring uh, at each other. How's Aunt Georgia? She's been she dead didn't show for up today. Years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you weren't at the funeral, fucking Randy. <laughs> you asshole. Oh my god. But anyway, happy yeah. 2021. We made it. Um, we still got some some shit ahead of us. Yeah, but we have not yet completely made it. We have reached a checkpoint. Yeah, I think we've reached <laughs> like a checkpoint. We, we got through what like level one of Mario. We we oh, can like continue. I think we've gotten through more than level one. I we're think we're, on, like, we're like level halfway eight. through the game. Yeah. 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 So that's cool. Did I just compare COVID to a Mario game? I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> we'll forgive you. But actually, I forgot to mention this in the last episode. Um, the volcano that you did a story on, I don't remember what it was called, erupted. Kilauea. Kilauea erupted. It did erupt? Yes. (laughs) When? Like recently, like very recently. It was like right after we put out the story, my mom uh, called me and she's like, did you see that, that volcano erupted? And I was like, that volcano. I was (laughs) like, what? And so now I'm telling you now (laughs) because it erupted. It did. Which is kind of cool. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised. It's always popping off, right? Yeah, I guess. Apparently it's the most active volcano. Oh, so it's like not big news? Yeah. I was excited excited to find out. Yeah, well, I mean, it is is, like funny that we like put it out and it erupted. So we just should stop talking about it in case like those two events were connected. Did we manifest Did we cause an effect there? Don't tell anyone about this. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into the story because it's a, it's yeah, a, what's the story? Jesus. Um, so I'm going to be talking about Mark motherfucking Twitchell. He Twitchell sucks. He Twitchell? Sucks. Yeah. Twitchell. What? That is a dumb name. It is a dumb name for a dumb man because he's dumb. Anyway. So Mark was. <laughs> Any listeners with the name Twitchell? Fuck you. Yeah, sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> But this guy sucks. All right, so Mark was born on the 4th of July in 1979. And growing up, he had really big dreams of going to Hollywood, baby. Uh, As one does. Right. His um, can't relate. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy person, stupid ass. Anyway, um, (laughs) his ultimate dream was to make his own movies. He wanted to, like, produce and direct. And I think he wrote as well. Um so he lived in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Canada. Is Ed like is Edmonton I thought Alberta was I don't know enough about Canada, but never mind. I'm not making any sense. But he that's where he lived. Canada. What Edmonton. were you confused about? I don't want to sound stupid, so I'm just gonna keep going. Oh come on. <laughs> this so this takes place like oh my god, hello. <laughs> Having a stroke. This takes po po po. Um uh, in October of two thousand and eight. 
and Mark Twitchell had a Friday night ritual where he would drive to the city's south side in, and um, he had a rented garage and he would act out his passion for science fiction costumes and movies. And passion is a generous word, but... A generous word. <sighs> Can we uh, elaborate on that? His passion being murder. But so, and Mark ah. Twitchell would... Uh, he So this, his whole shtick is he took great inspiration from the popular TV show, Dexter. And he also spent a lot of time, or what? I'm like, yes, I'm listening. Oh, yes, yeah. So, well, the thing is, he took inspiration from Dexter. He was obsessed with it and whatever, but he, like, he wasn't, a compl- like, a direct Dexter copycat. The only thing that he took from Dexter was his, like, kill room style. He wasn't, like, killing the bad guys like Dexter does. He's, like, just a shitty human who, like, had some sick fantasies that he wanted to go out. But anyway. So he just wanted an excuse to kill people. For sure, yeah. So he also spent a lot of time on dating sites and in chat rooms searching for relationships. And in the year 2000, he met Meg, uh, Meg Costarella? Yeah. And okay, I'm confused. We were in 2008, now we're in 2000? Yeah, this is just some backstory on him. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the events take place in 2008, but this is like his backstory. Okay. So he met this lady who lived in Colorado at the time, um, and the two hit it off, and um, Megan said that he was very charming and smart, and after a few months of dating online, Megan flew to Edmonton, and the two were married. She was 20, oh, no. and he was 21. No, Megan... It's okay. She gets out. Um, Wait, so does, is it the same in Canada where, like, you have to marry someone to stay there? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Is that why they did it? or? Honestly, maybe. I don't know. I didn't put that together, but that Ooh, makes sense. So is this, like, married at first sight? Like, they the first time they see each other in person, they get married? I don't know. Is this a reality TV show? <laughs> is this married at first sight, the reality TV show? Um, no. I mean, this isn't a very big part of the story. This is just some backstory for, like, him. Um and so, so she was 20, he was 21, and dude wore a lot of costumes. He was, like, a cosplayer, he was, like, a nerd and whatever. And, I mean, Megan was fine with that, and she knew about his obsession with Dexter. Um, but, you know, a lot yep. of people are obsessed with Dexter. I mean, right. myself it's included. <laughs> like, I, when I was in high school, I had a, a poster of Dexter on my wall that said, Power Saw to the People. So, like... <laughs> Yeah, you know, could have been you. Could have, well, <laughs> let's not spread that rumor. But so, um, yeah, so Megan soon found out that Mark was a compulsive liar and had cheated on her multiple times. And so that's when their marriage began to crumble. Um, and, As it usually does. Right, that's usually what, what <laughs> Multiple does times. Right. So, you know, she said that he was just an absolute compulsive liar and he would lie about literally anything paying bills like you know being unfaithful you know like i said he was cheating but so paying bills yeah like, like literally that's anything the dumbest shit it's i like, know y- the bill is not paid no but i paid you it. said that you paid it <laughs> but it's it's not there's paid a verifiable though. source that right. proves you wrong right which is why she was so confused she's like why would you lie about that like for what reason i'm gonna find out yeah but, i don't so, get that like um i don't get when you literally have like yeah. This shit in front I mean, of people. I mean, you know, compulsive like, liars are I know, but tough. I, I just don't understand. It. I don't either. But so, um, Megan was also, uh, I already said this, was also aware of his obsession with Dexter. 
um, and that he would make fake profiles of attractive women and use them to mess with people on dating sites. Um, and she said he was like a different person when he did that. Um, she said um, it was a, the darker side of Mark, which um, to that I say to anyone who knows anything about Dexter, like a dark passenger. Dark passenger. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah, so he made these uh, profiles of women, like catfishing men, and she knew about it. And she was like, yeah, I mean, I knew about it, but I just thought he liked to mess with people. So, like, didn't really... He's just trolling. Yeah, that's what she said, essentially. Um, But she said she realized something was really off when something Mark said, or when Mark said something really weird to her shortly after they were married. Um, So he asked her if she ever thought about killing someone. And she said she was taken aback, but she answered honestly, saying, I mean, haven't we all? Everyone gets angry and everyone has intrusive thoughts, um, but then they pass and you never actually act on them because that's not the right thing to do, (laughs) you know? Like, I'm not a crazy person. Um, But his response to her was that he has definitely thought about it and then went into further detail, saying he thought about finding a homeless person so no one would really know who they were or could connect it to anyone. So this is when she said it felt like a slow motion movie where she realized that she's thousands of miles away from home and doesn't really know the man she's married to. Ooh, so I can't even imagine that. I moment. know. It's crazy. It's like when uh, in the movie when like your vision starts to blur and that like high pitch ringing in your ears yeah. goes on. And you're like, holy shit, like a flash grenade just went off. Right. Yeah, so that's that's what happened. And then Megan ended up getting a divorce from Mark. <laughs> Thank God, Megan. That is, Megan got out of Get there. Get out of there. Yeah. But less than a year after Megan ended their marriage, Mark married again to another woman he met online. Oh, great. And not long after that, the two had a child. Oh, um, no. <laughs> so. No, he has a kid now. Yeah, he does. Unfortunately. Oh, fuck. Yeah. This poor kid and the wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, but, you know, same shit, different day. He's still a weirdo, compulsive liar, and actually used fake, uh, false documents to get a mortgage and buy his family a home. So he's still doing his compulsive lying, which is super great. You know, but it sounds like he's providing for his family, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, at least he's <laughs> providing. Um, but he would cheat on her regularly as well. Um, and he also kept from his wife that he had left his job and was planning on producing a movie. Um, at this point he was just living off of investors money cause apparently he got investors. Um, wow. But really? yeah, that's and interesting. He actually did make a couple of films. Um, none of them I think are good probably, but, um, he wrote and directed a thriller about murder called house of cards in September of 2008. No way. Yeah. And so the plot of this movie uh, is a man is lured to a garage by a woman he meets online, but the killer turns out to be a masked screenwriter working on a script about murder. So um, it's so very it's like, meta because the like, entire... This is, so, this is like deception of some kind. Yeah. So what we're going to you know come to find out is that he basically does what the movie was about. So, oh shit yeah so and it's literally like <laughs> it's like he lures people to garages by pretending to be women and he's a writer and you know whatever so it's like he's like oh this is me i am dexter Blah. so it's stupid uh, but i hate to point out like all the differences between you and dexter <laughs> right 
There's like so many differences between this situation and Dexter. I know. It's Do we not see that? Very stupid. Okay. Um Yeah, so the very next Friday on October third, um a man na- a man named <laughs> Amand. Um <laughs> verb <laughs> a man named I don't really know how to say his name. I heard it Giles, I heard it Gilles, I heard it like Gilles. It's a yeah, it's it's a very French name, I believe, but let's um, say Gilles. Yeah. I like that. But I believe his last name is pronounced Tetro, so I'm just going to refer to him as Tetro. So Tetro. Um so he found himself in the exact same predicament as the victim in Mark's film. Um so he was on his way to meet a woman he had met online. And um Tetro had recently arrived in Edmonton from it's said BC, but I think that British Columbia. Yeah, British Columbia. Um, and he was 33 years old. He was a high tech contractor and was also recently separated from his wife. So he found himself browsing the dating website Plenty of Fish to see what he could catch. Wink, wink. Got it. Okay. Fish. See who he could reel in. That's good. <laughs> you have see, any more? See if anyone was flopping around. That's good. <laughs> That one's weaker, but it's fine. Um, so he came across an attractive woman named Sheena, who was pretty eager to meet. Sheena. Yeah, Sheena was. That's Mark's fake name. That is, yeah, yep. Okay. <laughs> so Sheena was a um, very attractive blonde woman, about five six. Um, she seemed smart and was very articulate. So Tetro was intrigued. Um, so when Sheena emailed the idea that they get dinner in a movie, he agreed. But um, Tetro said that Sheena was in complete control and she made all the plans. Um, she told him, you know, where to be, what time, what he was going to do. But he said he was fine with that. So the plan was for him to pick her up from this garage. So that Friday night. <laughs> what? Can you come pick me up from this garage right, that from is this not my home? Random garage that is not Can suspicious you... at all. Can you meet me in a storage space? I swear I'm not a man in a mask. I promise <laughs> I'm not. Um, so that Friday night, he got in his car and started driving toward Edmonton's south side to pick up Sheena at her garage for their date. So he rolls up at around 7 p.m. and parks right in front of the open door to the garage. And so he gets out of his car and walks in to meet his totally real date. Um... But so when he walks in, all of the lights are turned off and it's too dark to see. But he keeps going in um, to find Sheena because this wasn't weird at all to him, apparently. Because what the hell? So he wasn't scared at all? Not 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 at that point. Not yet. Not yet. So he's about to be, though. I'm terrified of the dark, especially in somewhere I don't know. I mean, as a woman, (laughs) if, if I were to pull up to a garage in the middle of, I mean, like a dark, weird garage, I would turn the fuck around and leave. I wouldn't have even gotten out of the car. That's terrifying. Well, I mean, I'm assuming it was lighted at first before the lights got turned off. No, the lights were not on. The lights were off. But you just said... What? I thought you said that the lights got turned off. No, the lights were... He walked into a dark garage. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, maybe. You'd leave? I, I I see this as more plausible now. Because the lights were off, you see it as more plausible. Well, it's not like it changed. Then you don't. Then you know, like, you if they turn off, you know somebody was there and they intended to turn it off. But on if you. they're off and you're supposed to be picking up some girl and there's nobody around and it's just a dark garage, I don't know. maybe terrifying. she's taking a nap in a garage. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're accepting that she's in the garage, maybe it's normal. Okay, well, he gets you know? he gets scared very quickly after that because he's immediately attacked with a stun gun. So, uh, a t- stun gun, a like st- a taser. Yeah, to like you know stun him. Yeah, obviously. Like a st- <laughs> no shit. As stun guns yeah, go, right, right. The man so, is stunned. Yep. So Tatro says <laughs> Mark started uh, started prodding him with the stun gun, and it was turning blue and when it was making making contact with him. Um, and in the True Crime Canada video I watched about this, they added sounds that kind of made it seem like it was like a lightsaber, which I just kind of... Oh my God. I just kind of... I, it wasn't. It was a stun gun, but it just was kind of funny because they made him out to be this like huge nerd. And then it was just like... And I was like, just, okay. But... Um, does he have like a Darth Vader mask? He ha- kind of. No way. Kind of. Ugh. Yep. So, uh, Tetra's very shocked to find this man wearing a hockey mask towering over him instead of a pretty, pretty Sheena. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so. I think, uh, you know, the average person might be. Yeah, and then in the interview he said, it was obvious this was no date. <laughs> you don't say. You don't say. <laughs> so, uh, Tetra said at this point, they're just standing there staring at each other, and then Mark pulls out a gun. Um, he had no idea if this random dude is going to kill him. And he said in that moment, he realized he never even told anyone where he'd be, which is tough because, you know, I feel like, uh, wait, what I was saying is I, I feel like it's tough because men don't really think of these things. Like, you know, again, as a woman, if I were going to meet some random person I met online, I would let at least a handful of people know where I was going to be, who I was seeing, like share locations. Yeah. Share locations. Like, that's just, you know, what women have to do and are programmed to know. And, like, this 33-year-old man had no thought to, like, take any extra precaution. Yeah, but which... it's also 2008. Yeah. And I feel like people are probably just more aware of it now. Yeah, I guess you can't really share your location, like, on, a, like, yeah. <laughs> maps, Google Maps in 2008. But you can still tell someone where you're going. But True. he didn't. Um, so, so at this point, he's like, if I died, no one would even know. Um, and Mark pushes Tatro to the ground and duct tapes his eyes shut. Um, oh, we got an ambulance. Yep. Got Amber an, lamp. Amber lamps. Hang on. Um, so let's go back into it. Um, yeah. So Mark pushes Tatro to the ground and duct tapes his eyes shut. Um, but he said in that moment, he decided that if he was going to die, it was going to be on his terms. So he got back to his feet and ripped the duct tape off of his eyes and goes to grab the gun. Um, so they're struggling with this gun. And Tetra said that this was the best moment because as soon as he made contact with the gun, he realized that it was made of plastic. So now with this toy gun, um, you know, it's useless to Mark. So he throws it to the ground and starts punching Tetro in the face but Tetro is making his way back toward the door. Um, he managed to pull himself away from Mark and drops to the floor and is able to roll underneath the opening in the garage door. So No way, like Indiana Jones style? Kind of, yeah, grab the hat okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Amazing. Yeah, so now for the first time, he's, he starts to feel the paralyzing effects of the stun gun and his legs won't work. Um, oh shit this yeah. is working like 30 seconds later mm-hmm. yeah so he's attempting to crawl down the unpaved gravel driveway um but not long after that mark comes out and grabs his legs and starts dragging him back into the garage um so oh my god this is a fucking movie he's it like really is scratching the ground as yeah. he goes back in mm-hmm. 
And, um, okay. <laughs> Rude. Honestly. Who's, Honestly? Who needs an ambulance right now while I'm filming my podcast? Rude. Oh um, my God. The nerve. Okay, so not long after that, Mark comes out and grabs his legs and starts dragging him back into the garage. Oh, we already said that. Okay, but um, so Tetro's still fighting back, um, and with all he has, he manages to wiggle away from Mark before he gets um, fully pulled back into the garage. And at that moment, Tetro spots a man and a woman that are out on a walk. Oh, no way. Yeah, so Marissa Garhini and Trevor Hossinger... Um, are out on a walk, and when they when Tejo sees them, he yells out to them for help and says says that there's a man trying to rob him. Um, Marissa said that she was stunned and stopped dead in her tracks and said she didn't know what to do. Um, Tejo asked them to at least help him back into his car since he was having trouble moving his legs. But the two oh thought, my god, call nine one one, bitches! I don't know if they had cell phones or two thousand eight. I guess. Hello? I mean, but did they have them on them? I don't know. But anyway. So uh, the two thought that they may have been set up for a robbery themselves, so they hesitated because they're like, oh, this is some weird random dude, like, in a, Smart. you know. Yeah, okay, so, like, fair. self-preservation. They're like, this is sketchy, and we're going to call the cops when we get home, but we're not going to help this guy, which I kind of understand. So, um, but Marissa actually got pissed at Trevor because he kept trying to stop and help, and she was like, oh shit if they take down trevor what the fuck am i gonna do so um in the end the two fled and called 911 as soon as they got home but trevor then took the police um trevor the guy who was on the walk took the police to the alley and told them what they had seen but he wasn't there and they also didn't know his identity so you know it wasn't great um but tetro didn't end up going he got away because i think mark like left or something when there were people there and he ended up leaving the scene so what say that again (laughs) mark left the bad guy left um i I don't know if it's because he heard people or he just whatever but um tetro was able to get back into his car and leave so he he made it out alive he is our survivor for the story so his legs started working again i guess yeah because it like where i guess it wore off i don't know and then after that mark was like by i think yeah okay yeah so because i mean if yeah, he's, i wonder how long the like stun gun lasts i don't know but i mean if you're thinking if, if, if his intention was to kill tetro like and then two people stumble upon them like yeah witnesses it wouldn't, now. yeah it wouldn't be great to have witnesses to your first murder so I guess he left. Um, but so Tetro didn't end up going to, to the police after this because apparently Mark had told him that if he told anyone about it, he would finish the job. So. Well, he was going to finish the job anyway. But I don't, but he didn't, he didn't know that at the time. He thought he was just trying to rob him. He didn't realize like the, oh. the actual severity of the situation. So now we're going to fast forward to the next Friday night, a new man named Johnny Altinger. Um, made his way to the south side of Edmonton to the very same garage for a date. So John was a tall 38-year-old man that worked in quality control. He was passionate about motorcycles and drove a red ho- uh, hello, a red Mazda hatchback. Um, he had an older brother, Gary, and Gary said um, John was the type of person you could be very comfortable with um, quickly. He was just a good, honest guy with a good sense of humor. And John also spent a lot of time online and used some dating sites to put himself out there. 
Um, that night, he was going to meet a woman named Jen that he also met on the dating site Plenty of Fish. And Gary said this was nothing new for John. He was, you know, looking for love and thought he had found it. So he's going on a date. So here's an email from this so-called Jen. Um, she said, although this sounds exciting, I have to make sure you're not some kind of weirdo. And so far, you seem fairly well put together, but anyone can lie online, right? I want to play very much, but I have to be cautious, as I'm sure you can understand. If you're okay with this, let me know. If not, we'll have to miss each other. On a lighter note, though, you said you have four days off. How long can I keep you for if I choose? Maybe you should pack for a few days, lol. So that's interesting. Mark. Okay. <laughs> that's Mark saying right, all that. Okay. As Jen. Um, and so John was the type of guy that was never offline and kept in touch with his friends very regularly. He sent an email to one of his friends while he was actually on his way to meet Jen um, that said something to the effect of if you're coming from the South, best thing to do is use white mud, which I don't know if that's like a street or whatever, but that was helpful because, you know, someone knew. Um, what he was doing and more importantly it shared the direction he was going so the last email he sent to a friend was at 7 10 p.m and he wrote she's home now i'm heading over again he he exclamation point (laughs) is this email or text email Uh, okay so when john arrived at the garage that night he received a text from jen telling him to come inside um the garage was set up like one of dexter's kill rooms um so plastic everywhere yeah so in the center of the garage um was a heavy metal table the size of a pool table and the entire room including the table was covered in plastic sheets to capture the blood spatter um and when john made it inside mark ambushed him with a butcher knife and a heavy pipe um he bludgeoned john with the pipe and then stabbed him to death he then cut up john's body and attempted to burn his remains um, when that was unsuccessful, he dumped his body parts and organs down a sewer. So, Ugh. really, really a sewer devastating end to John's life. He was a, a good man who did not deserve to die. So, um, after that, two days go by, and John's friends and family have no contact with him, which, again, like I said, is highly unlikely for John. Um, so now it's Thanksgiving 2008, and John had been out of contact since going to meet his date that Friday night. And what really worried everyone was that John had missed a highly anticipated bike trip he had planned with his brother, Gary. Um, And Gary said everyone knew something was wrong because John was the type of guy that was where he said he was going to be when he said he was going to be there. He didn't flake ever. Um, And that Monday, Gary and his friends received an interesting message from John that said, I've met this extraordinary woman named Jen. And... The email then stated that he was going to take a nice long tropical vacation with her at her summer home in Costa Rica um, and that he'll call them at Christmas time. So. What? Yeah. I'm going to be gone for a whole month in Costa Rica. Yeah. And I actually had the email. It says, hey there, I've met an extraordinary woman named Jen who has offered to take me on a nice long tropical vacation. We'll be staying in her winter home in Costa Rica. Phone number to follow soon. I won't be back in town until December 10th, but I will be checking my email periodically. And if you think back to the email that he sent out before meeting Jen, this is a much different tone and style, and it sounds it's not him. like a completely different person, and his friends knew it. They're like, this isn't John. So now they, they all know this is super weird and very unlike John, so they decide to dig deeper. So they called 
um, you know, all of John's friends and his work. And they actually found out that he was, he also sent in a resignation email to his work, but never answered a resp- the response of the forwarding address for his final paycheck, which they also thought was very weird. Um, so they knew for sure something bad had happened and they decided to call the police. But at that point, all they received from the police was wait and see because there's not enough evidence and they are, they have all these messages being like, I'm going to Costa Rica, see you soon. Like, you know, so... Hello, file a missing persons report? Yeah, well, I mean, at that point, they're, like, all they said was wait and see. They needed more concrete evidence, I guess. I don't know. But Okay. So after they got the wait and see, they decided to take matters into their own hands and they broke into his apartment. In there... They found all of his clothes, his luggage, and passport. So everything that pointed to John never going on a trip. And um, they went to the police a second time with that new information, and the police started to take them seriously. Um, Detective Bill Clark was assigned the case, which was odd at the time because Bill was apparently a homicide detective. And since at this point there was no body and it was just a missing person, it was kind of strange. But, you know, his gut was telling him that something bad had happened to John, so... I guess he took the case. But um, at this point, he had been gone for nine days um, and, you know, all of the other weird shit that had happened. So during this time, Mark also sent out Facebook messages to a friend saying, this week I made the rounds to two Thanksgiving events and I also had something else keeping me busy, but I'm really concerned about telling anyone because of the implications. Suffice it to say, I crossed the line on Friday and I liked it. What? He's a shitbag. I understand that. <laughs> yeah. But that just doesn't make any sense. He, he's like, we're going we're gonna to see how stupid Mark is. Like, he just continually surprises. He just, he surprises me at how stupid, how bad of a criminal this man is. Like, he's telling, he, he's like telling friends that he did, he crossed the line, he liked it, and he's... I, I'm not going to spoil it yet because it's like he's so stupid, but like I, it just blows my mind how stupid this man is. Um, All right, and I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, so thanks to the emails John had sent to his friends the night of the date with Jen, um, Detective Clark knew that John was headed for, for the Southside garage for his date, so that's where they started the homicide investigation. Um, and, you know, Mark didn't really take into consideration that this single man was keeping in touch with his friends so frequently so he didn't anticipate this but it was october 18th at this point and john had been missing for a week so the cop's first step was to contact the person renting the garage and that person just so happened to be the aspiring filmmaker mark motherfucking twitchell and he told the police that he had been shooting his movie there and he actually managed to disarm the police when he was all too eager to show them around the garage and answer any questions they might have. He also raised a few questions of his own on the situation. In the interview, he was like, so you mean to tell me they were the man who's missing showed up at my garage? Like, duh. <laughs> and, <laughs> Playing dumb. Yeah. That they, they bought it. They bought it. Yeah, he, I mean, but they don't have any evidence to the contrary, though. I guess. And then, the, yeah, and I, like, you have to remember that Tedro never went forward with any information about the whole Where? weird garage situation. So, like, at this point, they don't have, like, a second crime to point to. But anyway, so he pointed out that the lock on the garage had been tampered with. So, you know, he 
Mark is like, oh yeah, this is my garage I'm renting, but that lock is weird and it's been tampered with. It's not from me. So they believed him. And Mark said as... So I'm confused. Does he own this single unit or does he manage the entire storage facility? I think he's just renting a single garage because I think he actually did shoot his movie in there, I, I believe. And he also was using it for his like sick fantasies. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah. I think it's just a singular garage. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Mark Sorry. said, oh, you're fine. Um, Mark said as soon as he arrived at his garage, he knew something was wrong because the padlock on the garage didn't look familiar to him. And, you know, Detective Clark even went back and rewatched the tape from the interview to review any of his mannerisms and body language Mark gave off. And he came to the conclusion that he was being totally truthful. So now he's off their radar, at least for now. So Wow, okay. So he fooled them. He did. Um, but he's still an idiot, and we'll get into it. Um, but with John missing for two weeks at this point and assumed to be dead, the police turn to the public, um, which is when Marissa and Trevor come back into the picture for questioning. They told the police what they had seen that night behind the garage and um, that they assumed that it was John who was calling out for help. But when the investigators pieced together the timeline based off their story, they realized that this was a completely separate event that had taken place a week before John had even been there. Um, and that changed the focus of the investigation back to, you know, Mark Twitchy. So mm -hmm. <laughs> now they're looking for another man that this could have happened to. And the police try to reach out to the public again, putting out a statement that says that they're looking for another male victim who may have been lured by a similar online ad prior to Altinger, which is John. Um, but now the police are thinking, is this other man even alive? Is he, you know, if he is, why hasn't he come forward yet? And, you know, they thought he could possibly have been married maybe and not want to come forward with the fact that he'd been attempting to go on a date or, right. you know, they thought he might, you know, be dead or scared, I guess. But so Tetra wasn't married or dead, but he was still terrified from that night and from, of the man in the hockey mask. So he was just choosing to keep his mouth shut. Um, and he said he ha was always watching out for this man because he had escaped, so he didn't know if the man would try to come find him, and he said he was constantly paranoid that the man was following him, and it took him a month to come forward and go to the police um, and tell them his side of the story. So Tetro is taken in for questioning and tells um, Detective Clark the homicide man. Oh, that's just the homicide else. man. <laughs> the homicide the detective. man. Yes. Um, the entire story from that night. Um, and Bill said, Bill being Detective Clark, um, from the way he was telling it, um, it was like um, Detective Clark was reliving it with him. Wow. And he said he realized that this may be the closest he'd ever get to what happened to John that night. So now Mark is finally brought back in for questioning, um, but said that he never saw John or his red hatchback. Um, and the detective said again, he seemed upfront and honest in the interview, but later that day, out of the blue, John offers up some really interesting information, and he claimed that he had forgotten to mention it. So, what he claimed was, he said that he had actually, crazily enough, bumped into John on, the, on his way to Costa Rica, and he had sold Mark his red Mazda hatchback for $40. $40. And, and that, that is what it took to get Mark back on their radar and to the top of their list. Because he literally, 
instead of just trying to get rid of this red Mazda hatchback, he was like, oh, um, hey cops, I know I've made it through two interviews with you successfully without being Let me suspicious, go back in a third time. But let me go back in a third time and let me tell you that actually I have the dead man's car. Thoughts? Oh, thoughts, yeah. <laughs> like, are you dumb? The answer is yes. yes. But anyway, so Mark is still working with the police and agrees to come back in for another interview. So Detective Clark said he had 10 minutes to prepare for this interview and he has basically nothing. Still no clue as to what happened. Um, and he knew that if he didn't get Mark to confess, he could just walk out of there at any moment. Yeah, because they, they don't have him under arrest. No, he's not under arrest yet because they have nothing. You know, they just have the fact that he has his car, which is, you know, still compelling evidence, but they can't arrest him yet, you know? So... Can they arrest him on suspicion of, like, stealing it? I don't know. Where's the document, I mean, I Mark, guess, I'm sure if they could have... Of they... the $40 transaction right. yeah, for an the entire car. <laughs> give me those receipts. I'm sure if they could have, they would have, you know? Yeah. Um, But, so, like I said, they had absolutely no hard evidence and no body, more importantly, but they did have the circumstantial evidence of the car, so now at least they can see that Mark is sus. <laughs> yeah, Mark you know, is yo, dude, Mark at is the very least sus. a little sus. <laughs> right. So after this stunning performance by Mark, Detective Clark decides that Mark definitely killed John. Um, and up until this point, um, Detective Clark had been playing good cop. But since they couldn't let Mark walk out of there, they decided it was time to get into the real meat of the interview. Um, and uh, Detective Clark said, I have no doubt in my mind that you have something to do with the disappearance of John Altinger. And Mark just goes, why? He He's like, whining. Yeah, he was like, why? <laughs> in my I notes, know. I have, why, frowny face? Because <laughs> that's just the, the vibe he gave off. But, Maybe because you now own his car. Right, idiot. So based off of that response alone, um, Bill, Detective Clark, they're the same people, Bill knows at the very least Mark knew what happened to John. Um, and they couldn't keep him in interrogation all night and they had to let him go. But as they were closing up, the two had a very telling exchange. Um, so Bill says to Mark, you're not going to be able to live with this for the rest of your life. And Mark says, you'd be surprised what I can live with. Oh, God. Yeah, right? Like, why are you... Uh, why are you saying why that? Why are you poking like, the fire, dude? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? I, it's just... I don't know. He's probably one of those um, types of criminals that thinks that they can... They're like, they're God. They can get he, away with anything. Absolutely. And it just seems like he's so overdramatic, you know? He's like, yeah. you'd be surprised what I could live with. Like, shut like, Mark, up. this is not a movie. This is not actually Dexter, and you're not, like in a movie you're just an idiot so yeah. <laughs> whatever um so they decide or hello they start searching his car um as well as his home because i guess that was i don't i don't know exactly how they oh because he's you know under investigation they can do that he's not arrested yet he's just being investigated i understand now <laughs> i just had to like go through yeah, my head you the went process through that. it's fine so they got like warrants or the canadian equivalent yeah yeah so they start searching his car um as well as his home and the garage because they know they can't keep him unless they can charge him with something. And they took a bunch of weird movie props he had. Um, he had tape, he had a gun, he had handcuffs, among other things. But the most damning piece of evidence was found on Mark's laptop after hours of searching it. 
Um, in his laptop trash bin, they found a document called SK Confessions Doc. And in that document, it said, this is the story of my progression into becoming a serial killer. Oh my God. It was a complete detailed record of his crimes. In, oh his, my, trash in bin. his trash bin. In his trash bin. <laughs> oh my God. Thank God Mark doesn't know that when you put files in the trash bin, they don't, they don't go, go away. away. Oh, God. <laughs> you think after knowing the police are starting to look into you as a suspect, you'd get rid of any fully detailed records of your crimes? You yeah. know? Like, it just how stupid can you be? And he had every opportunity to get rid of that because they called him into questioning like three separate times before they even really suspected him of anything. So yeah. he's just an idiot. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, he probably wanted to, like, relive it or, like, watch it. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I guess that was his, like, you know, his reward. Or not reward, but his... What's the word I'm looking for? Or in serial killers, like, yeah, trophy. Um, And, you know, he's a writer. He's a movie maker. He's, you know, brooding and blah, like, whatever, I guess. But (laughs) I love this persona that you've like put on for him i just hate him yeah (laughs) so i'm gonna make him sound like an idiot because he is one um okay so here's a short blurb from the document and i have a a couple of them so we're gonna we're gonna get into it so um this this is okay this is a quote it says this story is based on true events the names and events were altered slightly to protect the guilty (laughs) and then it says (laughs) This is the story of my progression into becoming a serial killer. So it's like, I'm trying to protect the guilty, a.k.a. me. Me. And then it says, this is the story of how I become a serial killer. So, dumbass. And then it says, like anyone just starting out uh, a new skill, I had a... Just starting Just starting out on just a new hobby. Is he comparing himself? Like, you know, I'm just starting out in Hollywood. Like, I'm just starting out as... As an actor. Yeah, he's just... Getting into the biz Just picking up a new killing. hobby and, you know, whatever. So it says, anyone just starting out a new skill, I had a bit of trial and error in the beginning of my misadventures. Allow me to start from the beginning and I think you'll see what I mean. And then he went on to describe how he was excited to explore his darker side, blah, 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 blah. And then he went into great detail about each of his crimes. And Tatro said that the document explained the night that he was attacked perfectly second by second. Literally everything was there. Really? So, so he, like, remembered all of it and documented it? Yeah, I mean, he must Did he have... Did film it? I I mean, I, I never saw anything like that, but, I mean, it might have been one of those things where, you know, he attacked him and then he leaves and goes in his car and scribbles in his stupid little notebook and he he's like, this vlogging. is exactly what happened. Yeah, like, actually... Yeah. Hey, guys. <laughs> What's up, guys? Hit that like button. <laughs> Smash that subscribe. Um, but... So, yeah, everything was there. It was a completely detailed um, documentation. So then they found the step-by-step gruesome account of the murder of John Altinger on December 10th. And the only thing he changed was he referred to John as Jim. As if that would do anything at all. (laughs) Good one. You you fooled him. (laughs) They're like, wait a minute. Yeah, they're like, wait a minute. This isn't the story of how he murdered John because this dude's name's Jim. Oh, God. guys! Wow, can't figure that one out. All right, Mark, you're free to go. Oh, jeez, Mark. For the fourth you time. You know what? You seem very convincing, and I think you're telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. So, Mark even... Okay, this part is, like, not funny and just terrific, but Mark even wrote about how he played with John's severed head. 
It said, I grabbed his jaw with my gloved hand and moved it while making a funny voice to make it look like it was talking and chuckled to myself at the total silliness of it all. Oh my god. Yeah, this dude's a monster. Like, we're joking about how stupid he is because he is, but he's an absolute monster. I can't even... I'm, like, picturing that scene. I know. Oh my god. It's, it's very disturbing. It's and, so dark. Yeah, and, and, it, and it, like... The fact that it's, he says, I chuckled to myself at the total silliness of it all. Like, what the, what? What the fuck, dude? It's, I, I don't even have, I don't even yeah, know what the word, the right words are. Past that one. Yeah. Um, but so we're going to get into a couple more excerpts from this document because it's just like stupid. So, um, yeah, so this is, um, you know, why he chose Tetro and Johnny in the first place. Um, it says, I finally settled on middle-aged single men who lived alone. My reasons were numerous. For one thing, they would be easy to be, to lead by their dicks, easy to manipulate, easy to seduce under my fake female disguises. They were also the most likely targets to have the most expendable money in their bank accounts, a tidbit I would use to my advantage later on. Finally, by living alone, once they were out of the picture, I could easily enter their living spaces undetected with no forced entry and remove all sorts of valuable items from the premises. So that was, you know, his reason for why he chose that demographic, but which I just, you know, found. God, it sounds like a business plan almost. Actually, like these are the easiest people I can extract the most wealth from. Yeah. Is basically what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and then he went on to talk about how he bought a Hunter's Game processing kit because it would reduce the spatter caused by power tools. Um, It takes the noise level down and um, how there's something more gratifying about sawing through tendons and bones with your bare hands than using something else that takes the fun out of the work. So. (laughs) Fun. Takes the fun out of it. Yeah. He also said that he used a well-crafted hunting knife with an eight-inch blade to cleanly and simply slice open a gash in the victim's neck, allowing them to bleed out quickly and with no pain. Because he said, I'm not a torture guy. (laughs) I'm not a torture guy? I'm not a big torture guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. But sawing through bone and. Yeah, for the fun. For fun. For funsies. Yeah. (laughs) I love sawing through tendons just for funsies. I'm sorry, that was dark. But so basically the police took this as a full confession. And finally, on Halloween of that year, Mark Twitchell was charged with the murder of of John Altinger. Finally. Finally. So when they searched Mark's car, they found John's DNA and a yellow sticky note that said, clean up the kill room. (laughs) He left himself a note. Because you'd need a sticky note to remember to clean up the kill room, right? Was it next to, like, get groceries and, like, pay the bills? Pretty much, yeah. He just left himself a sticky note. Make sure he wouldn't forget. Oh, my God. Clean up the kill room. So, yeah. They also found a novel about Dexter on Mark... uh, in you know in mark's home and on mark's facebook page they found that he had liked every dexter fan page and even referred to himself as dexter so and not that not that you know i'm condoning dexter being a serial killer but for the love of god the man was killing other killers you know yeah like at the very least it was other people you were you would be like 
Yeah. Right. Like, you know, not great. Um, I love the show, obviously. But we're, we're dancing along a moral line yeah. at the very least. But for but for this man, this stupid, idiotic bag of dicks, to compare himself to Derek. Uh, Derek, hello, Dexter, <laughs> Derek. Hey, Derek. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's just stupid to me. But but they still don't have a body. They still don't have John's body. So Detective Clark took, um, you know, good old Marky boy on a little drive around Edmonton to see if they could get anything out of him. Um, but he wouldn't cooperate at this point. So later to the, yeah, why would he? Yeah, I know. But to the surprise of the, the police later, Mark wanted a meeting with them. Um, this was nine months later, but under the condition that Detective Clark was not there. So two other detectives show up and the meeting lasted all of three minutes. They read him his rights and then he handed them a piece of paper with a map and some markings on it. And it showed um, where the body was. Um, and it was in a sewer because, you know, he dumped his body in, you know, in a sewer. In so, a fucking sewer. Yeah. Like a rat. Yeah. So Ugh. in March of 2011, Mark Twitchell's trial finally came and he took the stand on his own behalf like every other serial killer. I guess he didn't, you know, represent himself, but, you know, he, he's trying to talk his way out of it because he's so smart. So smooth. Um, but he claimed that he lured Tatro and Altinger to his garage for publicity for his movie. He said his plan was to let them go and then they'd, sp- uh, they'd spread the news about what happened, which would be good press for his movie because that makes complete sense. Right. Because so, like, it's the same cr- circumstances as his movie. Because, you know, this is his sick so fantasy. He made a movie about it. This is his ad? Yeah. Crimes like, crimes equals ads. Right. So. Because, like, so many people are reading that shit. Right. And he, um, so he said if, uh, it, but it all went wrong when, you know, when John was there and he got mad, John got mad um, that he wasn't Jen and attacked Mark. And he had no choice but to protect himself. That was his oh, reasoning. Oh, and then um, a year and a half or a year passes, and I don't report a self-defense murder? Well, it wasn't a year. This was like days. That but gone he's by. telling this in the trial. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, you're right. That you're he, right. this is just yeah, why is now this your story coming now? to light. Yeah, right. yeah so idiot. Right. But um, he also said the entire written confession was completely made up just fake okay yeah even though it was completely detailed and there's a man who you had literally attacked like, by and the a minute detailed like his step-by-step confession it was all fake but what so, about the map do we have the map did yeah he, they, he drew i don't know i don't know actually map? yeah well they did i mean i don't i don't know if they actually ever found john's body because like i said earlier he cut up his body and like dumped every piece of it in the sewer so, oh, so it's just gone. It's kind of just gone, especially because it was nine months later. Um, oh, fuck. So I don't think they ever found John's body, at least from what I could find. But um, but he gave them the sewer where he dumped it, which is like nothing anyway. It's just, you know, more damning to him. So, um, you know, so he, he said it was completely made up. He's he's a victim in it. He's not bad, whatever. Um, but the jury didn't believe him, shockingly, and they found him guilty after only four hours of deliberation. And on t- April 12th, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for 25 years. 
Um, and so Twitchell is now an inmate at the maximum security prison in Prince Albert's Saskatchewan. Like that word. <laughs> um, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Um, he wrote letters to a news source about everything and tried to justify his motives and actions and deconstructed what he considered to be his wrongful conviction. He insisted that his guilty verdict was due to mistakes made by the police, the judge, his lawyer, and the jury. He said they were all intellectually unable to understand him because he's just so profound. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He said they're all intellectually unable to understand him. So he rewrote... It's really not hard to not understand hard, what the fuck is happening, mm -hmm. Mark. Right. And he rewrote the story to make himself the victim. Um, <laughs> is this his new script? He's like writing scripts in prison. Yes. Yeah. And it, so here's a quote from it. It says, The fact is, normal, healthy, well-adjusted 30-year-old men with zero history of abuse, mental problems, or violence of any kind don't just roll out of bed one morning and run around throwing their lives away, killing people they don't know, and, oh, they don't throw their lives away, killing people they don't know, and have no beef with. <laughs> you talking about beef? What about the files, Mark? The files of your confession about no how beef. you got here? Dude, we had no beef. I, fuck your beef <laughs> god yeah so he's yeah i i just i can't even put into words how much he's so stupid yeah no i think the file sinks him immediately like that's Absolutely. just that's end that's end of story for you it literally said here is the story of how yeah. i became a serial killer and then like i'm gonna hide the guilty but yeah this is me yeah which also um i mean this is a good thing obviously but just to knock Mark down a peg in his mind, he's not a serial killer because he only killed one man. But that's <laughs> right. So to, like, you can't like, even do that right. You can't Mark. even do that right, idiot. Um, but yeah, yeah. So okay, I don't think. Well, no. Like I said, not now that that's a bad thing. I'm, there's other things that we could <laughs> maybe not mark down. Mark. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not mark down a peg. I'm, I'm just knocking Mark down in his mind. Not in the minds of other people. Yes, because Mark will hear this. All right, shut up. I <laughs> thought it was funny. I'll, I'll, I'll leave now. Um, so Mark also purchased a TV for his cell to catch up on all of the episodes of Dexter he had missed. And um, put himself... Oh, so it's still coming out. At that time, yeah. Yeah. But actually, if you think about it, like, I mean, this isn't a spoiler, um, but like the ending of Dexter isn't the best, so I hope. When he did it come? When did the ending it. happen? I don't know. I hope that he. I hope he hated it. I hope the only episode that he saw in prison was the, end. was the ending. <laughs> Me too. Um, but yeah, he also put himself on another dating site, but as himself, um, for inmates, um, and he like. Had Wait, what? They have like. Dating sites for inmates? Yeah, for sure. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What? And think about what like what is it called? I don't know what it's called. Like, what are you trying to get a a, a prison no, daddy? No, I want to know what it's called. You want a prison I'm... daddy? <laughs> no. No. I want to know if it's like uh, <laughs> instead of hinge, it's like bars. <laughs> <laughs> bars. Bars. <laughs> That's. I hope it's called bars, bars. for bimbos. I don't know. For bimbos, I got we love alliteration. Um, I'm all about the bees. I, I hope that it is called bars because that's hysterical. <laughs> um, 
but uh, we're, we're close to the end. So in December of 2012, Michael C. Hall, who is the actor who plays Dector, hello, Dector, Dector. Derek, De- Dexter. Um, we're not good with D names apparently today. Apparently not. Um, I didn't do my vocal warm-ups, but I'm joking. <laughs> um, the actor who plays Dexter Morgan on the show Dexter was interviewed by some name that I definitely can't pronounce. And, uh, on Can you try? Gian Gomeshi? No, it's not that as hard as I thought it would be. Gian Gomeshi. Okay. On the <laughs> Canadian radio show Q. Um, and uh, he stated that he did not think Dexter supported that lifestyle of serial killers. He said, I would hope um, that people's appreciation was more than some sort of fetish- fetishization of the kill scenes. He said... Um, then the interviewer brought up Twitchell and Hall said, I would stop, I wouldn't stop making Dexter because someone was fascinated by it only in that way. I try to tell myself that their fixated nature would have done it one way or another, but it seemed that Dexter had something to do with, do with it. It's horrifying. Um, and I just thought that was a, an interesting little tidbit to throw in there. Cause yeah, that's what he had to say. I mean, I get his point. Yeah. Did any other killings happen because of Dexter? But it also, in fairness to him, did seem like this guy was going to come to that conclusion anyway. Yeah, and actually, um, this wasn't um, used in court, but he also had, like, a seven-page essay he wrote on, like, psychopaths and how he was a psychopath and blah, 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 and how he didn't feel emotion. I don't know. But um, so he, he was deranged anyway. This is just, you know... A, a glamorization of you know serial killers which probably pushed him over the deep end which is unfortunate but you know it's not yeah i wouldn't go as far as to say it's dexter's fault yeah you know? no yeah no like so, everyone understands that this is just it's a, a tv movie. show it's a there TV are plenty show. of movies and tv shows where people kill other people and you know the people who watch it aren't going out and killing people just because they saw it in movies you have to be clearly deranged to do something like that so yeah. i don't know but anyway yeah, well, that did did hmm? mark like cite his sources in his paper like was it what do you mean did he use jstor <laughs> was he an mla format like what's going on here how official was it i uh don't think he used any of those things i think no. he's just right Citing off the Wikipedia. dome yeah. yeah um but yeah that is the story of mark twitchell um yeah good thing that um Gilles, Gilles Tetro made it out. He, yeah. he fought. He was a fighter. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. That's so crazy. I can't imagine his feeling when those, uh, the people who were walking walked away. I know. But he, uh, or, or if you think about it, like he, he thought that Mark was just going to rob him and then he finds out that like John was brutally murdered. Yeah. And then he like, has to live with like, be that me. was going to be me. Yeah. yeah. And he met John's mother and she, like, uh, the first thing she said to him was like, I'm so glad you're still here. Yeah. Which is like, he is, is, well, is he the reason that they found him? Really? Is that, I can't remember the chronological events, but I think that, well, he's the reason why, you know, I think he's one of the reasons why Mark was put back on their radar. Cause you know, they, they knew that John was at the garage. They knew that Mark owned or was renting the garage, but he wasn't like a suspect until, you know, Tatro was also attacked, and also John told him that he had John's car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. Why would you say that? 
Why would yeah. you say, hey, so I have like, this missing man's car because he sold it to me for $40? So I'll get it. Yeah. And I don't Jeez, like, John had no chance, it seemed like. No, he really did It was didn't. just, like, as soon as he got there. Yeah, it was... I mean, it, he was, you know, brutalized, but I think it was mostly after he was already dead, which I guess is a blessing yeah, in some like sort I of way. Yeah, like, I hope that, yeah, he didn't suffer. Me too. Yeah. Um... But yeah, that is the bleak ending to that story. Um, you want to share your good thing for the week? We need some buffer between those some two buffer? things. What's your buffer? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, a good thing is kind of a buffer to the ending. Uh, all right, I guess I'll go first. You always uh, go first. But my good thing this week is um, that I'm going to be starting physical therapy for my left hip Love on that. Monday in hopes that a couple months from now, I may be able to run without pain. Yeah. That would be great. Oh, God. Isn't it 2021 just, holds hope for me. Isn't it grand that we're two 23-year-olds that live in the bodies of 80-year-old people? Yeah, isn't I'm not fun? quite 80 yet, but it does seem like it's an annual... I feel 80. <laughs> I feel like 60. That's, I mean, you know? that's cool for you. Yeah, I'm like that's a good. cool 60, but, you know, it seems like an annual thing now. It's like, well... It's been a year, okay, time for therapy. Like, yep. something else is going to go wrong with you. Yeah, I mean, Alex's hip is all messed up. My back is absolutely fucked. So, together, we can not take over the world. I can lift can things. Barely... <laughs> yeah, One can... of us can lift things. Right. That's all you need. Yep. Um, anyway, my good thing um, is that I dyed my hair ginger. ginger. I'm a ginger now, apparently. As you can tell. Um, as you can't tell. We're in a podcast, not a video. But if you'd like to see, you can follow me on Instagram. Stephanie Fit. That's my name. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That's really my my only thing that's exciting. Yeah, it came out very good. It's, yeah. I, I and mean. And it was, what, 60 bucks? Yeah, I used Overtones. Not a sponsorship, but it was good. Um, and. Way cheaper than way professionally cheaper. being done in LA for $300. Yeah, like it would have cost me like hundreds of dollars to get my hair professionally are salons even open though um i don't know i think they still are but um Mm. who knows at this point um i can't keep up yeah i mean i like it um when i have like makeup on because i can like put makeup on my eyebrows because my eyebrows aren't dyed so it's still a little weird when i'm no makeup but ah whatever whatever it's okay anyway that's that's our show this week thank you guys for listening in um if you'd like to follow us on instagram and keep up with you know the cases pictures and possible links and videos follow us on instagram um that is not today underscore podcast if you or anyone you know has a story of true crime or survival or really any kind of interesting story (laughs) send it our way we'd love to read it and potentially have a listener's episode um the gmail is no today podcast at gmail.com um and yeah happy new year again and we hope you a good 2021 a just good 2021. keep breathing just keep breathing yeah yeah